Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What to do, you beautiful people? Let's get to this Fighters Fury podcast coming up for you. Thank you all for coming out for March for Cancer on Saturday. You guys were awesome. Can't thank you enough for that support for SEMA, Tommy Guns, for their foundation, March for Cancer. Um, always, always blown away seeing it yearly very very blown away by seeing it so thank you for that um i'm also going to bring you this podcast in case you guys missed it colby covington stopped by uh my show my afternoon show with leroy and beast he stopped by the seminole hard rock poker room he's a frequenter plays there a lot it's like his uh, his way to blow off steam he's getting ready for a monster monster fight against rafael dos anjos and it was cool to kind of get in the mind right now of probably the biggest villain in the UFC outside of Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor is almost to the point where he's so loved that he's not really a villain anymore. So Kobe's in an, uh, in an interesting time right now where he's got all this attention and a lot of it is people uh, hating on him, but it's uh, it's kind of cool to see the, uh, the mindset of the young man. So you'll get an opportunity to uh, learn a little bit more about Kobe. If you haven't gotten to hear much from Kobe other than the, uh, the sound bites and the, uh, the nonsense and the, and the shenanigans. So, We'll, uh, we'll bring that to you guys. And, um, yeah, so check that on out, and hope you guys enjoy the show. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Hope you're staying dry out there. I just boated in from the parking lot. Fighters Fury here on 7 Night. The Ticket Tobin here with you for the next hour. We will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot to get to. A lot of action last night as we had action on Showtime. We had some UFC going late into the night. And these fights were, these fights went long, man. These fights these fights went into the distance. So uh, we had to we had to have the extra shot of espresso. The Bostella was was running hot at the Tobin household to get through this fight card. And it's not that there wasn't good action, especially the boxing. The boxing was really really fun yesterday. Uh, Showtime put on a great card. Gary Russell Jr. He defeated JoJo Diaz by unanimous decision. Good to see him back in the ring, and was a really really compelling fight for about five rounds. These guys were going back and forth, high action, high octane, uh, a lot of punches being thrown between both guys. But Gary Russell just proved to be too much. He was just able to go to that gas tank more than JoJo was. Um, you know, he, you know, and Diaz was walking him down, walking him down. He was really, really trying to impose his size on Gary Russell, but it just was for not like the the it, for every for every four that JoJo was throwing because he was it wasn't like he was slouching in the in the volume department. Gary Russell Jr. was coming with these eight-punch combinations right in his grill. And, you know, I don't know if there was ever a point where we thought uh, JoJo was really, really going to be finished. But it was, uh, it, was, it was a hell of a performance. We saw some, some extreme cardio in that fight and just great output by both guys. The main event, though, super compelling. And that was 
Badu Jack taking on Adonis Stevenson for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Good to see Adonis Stevenson back in the ring as we don't see that enough. And Badu Jack, who is coming off a a vicious win over Nathan Cleverly. Cleverly ended up retiring. Um, you know, Badu Jack got a, a nice main event put around him. He was on the biggest fight card of the year on the Mayweather-McGregor undercard. And, you know, I was talking about Badu Jack last week where it's just like, I feel like this guy has just a, a skill set and ferocity that doesn't get talked about enough. You know, he's always kind of a, 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 an addition to a card or he's a part of a card. But I really do genuinely think this guy has the talent to be a big a big star in boxing. I just I, I like his style. I think it's very crowd-pleasing. But he unfortunately yesterday ends up for the fourth time in his career on the side of a draw. And, you know, this this fight was very interesting because though I gave Badu Jack the nod, and that's, you know, and I, and I felt like my scorecard of 115-113 was pretty fair as far as it went. One judge had it that way for Badu Jack. I can see where the draw comes from, but I do come out of that fight thinking these are the types of fights where the boxing scoring system kind of stinks because Adonis Stevenson goes out there and, yeah, you could say he's edging these early rounds, I came out of those those first six rounds saying I had it about I had a four two, I think Showtime had it five one, um, but from my standpoint, it's just like his his four two, um, it, it was just so much different than Badu Jacks was. You know what I mean? So let's just say you have these guys come out of it, and Farhood made this point yesterday. Like so, these guys both come out of this fight yesterday with six rounds apiece. But Badu Jack's six rounds weren't the same as Adonis Stevenson's six rounds. Except, you know, save for the one round after he got that big body shot. I think it was in the 10th round where he really took the wind out of Badu Jack where the, the, the momentum of this fight looked like it was ending completely. And he may have ended up finishing Adonis Stevenson. Um, then he came out with a fury. First 90 seconds of that round. Really, to- really took that one. And it was a very important round if he was going to stay uh in the scorecards for Stevenson but at the end of this fight like Stevenson's like he's holding on to Badu Jack for dear life um look like he could have toppled over with a stiff breeze at any point he's just he's just he's in clutch mode at that point he's using Badu Jack just to hold up his weight and the reason I just feel bad for Jack after this fight is because it's in Canada you know that's a hard decision to get in any in any fashion anyway so two of the cards they're looking at it and they got a draw. So you know that they got that you got the home nod for any which way you could get the home nod. And the other thing is they got this referee in there who's, you know, he's let he's letting Adonis Stevenson go out there and, and basically use Badu Jack as, as an armrest for the entire match. But you know, if Badu Jack got anywhere close to him, he's breaking him up immediately. He's giving warnings immediately. And you know, it was funny because at one point I hope he's okay. But Badu Jack in the in the twelfth round just unleashes a shot. He's in, trying to get in the midst of a breakup. The ref takes a punch right in the face, right in the face. So intentional, not intentional. I don't know, but I can understand that was wildly frustrating for Badu Jack with uh, with what went down yesterday. But I thought he won that fight. Uh, Showtime's Twitter poll: seventy two percent of the viewers thought he won that fight. Um, and it's just it's unfortunate for him because these draws when you're at his point of a career could really be held against you now could you go out there and say hey if that's the case go out there be even more aggressive in the early rounds 
I guess you can. Um, but to me, it's just like, yeah, you should, you should, we should be better about scoring these fights, even if it is seven five. Seven five's a swing. It's a, it's a two round swing, and I don't, I don't, you know, I think sometimes we're we're a little bit too easy and swayed in these bouts on grading on a curve if a guy had a comeback fight just the grading system in boxing stinks it, it, it does as much as crap as as mixed martial arts gets for its judging and it's no it's no picnic nor first prize you know they're trying to make steps towards it i wish everybody would unify and we could get a better understanding of these rules and and every you don't have to guess every time we go into whether well, they taken the new unified rules but Look, what are you going to do with a system that's been around for for a century? I don't I don't know what can make it better. I think boxing is always going to be in this place where um, judging is not perfect. It's not going to ever be perfect. It's just unfortunate that this guy falls victim to that last night, where he is putting on a great performance. He's definitely putting in the more devastating performance. He looks like he's got his guy more finished, but because it took so much longer in other guys' eyes for him to really come on in that bout. His work, which seemed harder and worth more, is counted the same. And that, to me, is what's unfortunate for Badu Jack. So hopefully they come forth and, and they and they do a rematch for this. I think it's good that Adonis Stevenson has an opponent who he probably thinks can't, can't finish him because he's so much naturally bigger than him. Um, but Adonis Stevenson now has himself an opponent who's not Sergey Kovalev, who has a little bit of juice to him, has a little bit of drama that people can look to and I think would be down for. And I think Stevenson would look at that and he would, uh, th- there's not that drama, promotional drama that there is between him and Sergey Kovalev's people. And so he doesn't necessarily have to go to that match. He can, uh, he can run this one back. I think it should be run back. Um, I would like it to not be in Canada. I would like it to be in America, if that's possible, maybe at the Barclays Center. Uh, Badu Jack suggested Vegas, whatever. I think I think it needs. I think you need to go. Uh, let's let's put that one on, on the turf over here and see the, how that goes. Just because it, it it wasn't the most blatant homerism that I saw yesterday, but it was noticeable. It was noticeable, and especially with the ref. The ref, as soon as Badu Jack was doing the same thing that Stevenson was doing the entire fight, was like. Hey, 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 I'm going to take a point away if you keep holding them. I'm like, hold. hey, hey, he's been using him as a cane the entire second half of this fight. Adonis Stevenson might as well have put tennis balls on the bottom of Badu Jack's feet like a grandpa. He's like holding up with the four legs, and, and, and he's got a couple spaldings just cut out so as to not scuff up his floors. That's how he's rolling in this entire fight. And as soon as Badu Jack holds on for a whisper, on Adonis Stevenson. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Ref was not happy about it. So that was uh, the big takeaway from yesterday. Good fight. Feel bad for their body jack not getting that nod. Um, but I would like to see that one run back. Let's see. Let's see. It, uh, let's see it happen again. I hope that's a uh, hope that's a potential match we can see. A lot of news and notes to get to with uh, with mixed martial arts. Uh, a lot of happenings this week in in the news front. New fights happening. Big announcements. And we had ourselves a huge welterweight fight last night. And this welterweight, this welterweight picture is not murky, but there's a lot of arguments to be made about where it stands and why it stands there. We'll get into that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket.
All right, welcome on in, everybody. Tobin here with you. Fudders Fury rolls on here. I want to thank everybody who came out yesterday for March for Cancer. Uh, thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming out. Huge, huge support in a, a lousy day of weather. Rain pouring down. Really, really windy. Um, but the support was strong. Seam and Tommy Guns, man, they do such a great job putting that event on every single year to help those who are dealing with cancer right now. Uh, need help financially to get through their bills, get treatment, all that stuff that, you know, is is just the day-to-day struggle of people who have this horrible disease and just to see the community come around like that uh the groundswell of support the positivity um people uplifting one another on what was would otherwise be um classified as a miserable day weather-wise uh was tremendous to see and every single year I'm, I'm blown away by the job they do putting that event together and blown away by uh the community coming together in uh in that fashion so really really huge uh hats off to everybody who came out um, before we get to, uh, the UFC action from last night and, uh, Kamaru Usman beating Damian Maya, a couple things, uh, this never really happens, but news is broken in the middle of our show. That never really, that, that, that is a rarity on a Sunday morning. Cause typically we are reacting to stuff that has happened the night before, but we have gotten wind thanks to, uh, Steven for the alert on this, that Tyson Fury, it has been now announced who his June 9th comeback opponent will be. Now, we've been heavy on this Tyson Fury thing for a while because I wanted to be Shannon the Cannon Briggs. I mean, let's go already. I mean, you, you guys have been teasing each other during, during the uh, the media for enough. And I just think, I, I honestly think it would be the best fight promotion of our time, both of them. The best of America and the best of Britain leading up in the, in the build-up to a fight. And so we get to this news that Tyson Fury is taking on Sefer Seferi. Sefer Seferi. Now look, I know it's a comeback fight, and he hasn't fought in two years. But Tyson Fury is in this arms race of the heavyweight division and getting people into watching him again. I don't know who this Sefer Seferi is, and maybe that's bad ignorance on my part. You know, I follow the sport. I try and keep up with it as much as possible. I feel like I'm in the nitty-gritty of a lot of these guys. Sefer Seferi, that one flies over my head for me. First of all, sounds like a fake name. Sefer's not a common name. The fact that your name is Sefer and Seferi is your last name sounds fishy to me. In the words of Robbie, gotta throw four halibut at that. Don't think you're a real person. I think you're probably in witness protection, and your undercover job is tomato can boxer. That's why you're fighting Tyson Fury. So, I don't know you, Sefer Seferi. Says you have 23-1. and That's your record. Could have been padded by the FBI or whatever the hell the version of FBI is over in London. Is it Scotland Yard? Is that what we still have over there? I'm not even sure. What is the undercover realm of British law enforcement? However, what I do know is I don't want to see Tyson Fury fight Sefer Seferi because that's not a real person. That's a fake person who is using an alias. I want to see him fight Shannon the Cannon Briggs. I've been on this train now. For a good, mm, I would say six months, because these two need each other. It is the fight that needs to happen simply for the press conferences, simply for the fight lead up. I need this in my life. Can we make this happen in the fall when Tyson Fury is done dancing with Sefer Seferi? Just asking. I'm just asking if we can make that happen. It'd be tremendous. Texture also writes in, before we move on to UFC, um, that uh, we both like Badu Jack. 
He gave away that fight in the early rounds. I don't think he clearly won the fight. Gave himself too much to mount. Um, and don't go by the Twitter polls, just popularity contest. I will say, I agree. He uh, he did have he did go to off to a a slow start in the early rounds, and I don't. And, and you make a fair point. My point is just his six rounds. If we're gonna call this a draw, his six rounds are not nearly as bad as what he was doing to Adonis Stevenson on the other side. And understand, it's not the sport. I understand. You know, it is what it is. That's how we score. Um, and maybe you say, hey, you got to get more aggressive. You can't be too comfortable, especially when you know you're in enemy territory like that. Uh, so maybe Badu Jack should have been more aware. To me, though, I just look at this and I say, ah, I mean, how, how do we look at this and say, okay, Adonis Stevenson throwing more punches but not really doing anything to Badu Jack is the same as what Badu Jack was doing where Stevenson was holding him, holding on for dear life to me. I, I just, that, that's where I, that's where I, uh, that's where I look at this and, and, and find my biggest struggle. But look, it's not a robbery. It's not the worst decision ever. I had a 115-113, so I had a 7-5. Is it, is it easily 6-6? Six, six? Can people find Yeah, you can find an argument for that for sure. Uh, let's move on to last night. Damian Maya. He was taking on Kamaru Usman in a uh, in in Kamaru Usman's first fight against a ranked opponent. He was supposed to fight Santiago Ponzinibbio. He fell out with an injury, um, so they're scrounging. They go to Damian Maya, and it was it was a a really lopsided fight. It was not an exciting fight. Um, Damian Maya does not really make for exciting fights. Not his thing. He's not. You go in there with Damian Maya. Here's what you're doing. First of all, your first thought as an opponent, as as an opponent of Damian Maya is, is I don't want to get submitted because he's just next level when it comes to that stuff. So Usman's in there, and you're thinking about not getting submitted. You're trying to do, to not get finished and keep this fight off the ground because if it gets to the ground, that's bad news for you. Um. So Damian Maya's been doing this interesting thing. And I think it's it's been fascinating to watch. You know, we had this fight with Tyron Woodley. I think we're talking two fights back now for, for Damian Maya. Then he fights Colby Covington, who's going to be fighting for the interim title coming up next month. And, you know, he's striking more with Colby. He's throwing more with Colby. So that was weird. You didn't think you were going to see that from Damian Maya. Because if we go back to his fight before Tyron Woodley, where he's fighting Jorge Masvidal, he won no part of Masvidal striking. And understandably, Masvidal is next level when we're talking of the, if we're going to grade strikers between Usman, Colby Covington, and Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal blows them all out of the water. So I can understand why Damian Maia is maybe a little more willing to throw down, but that wasn't his style. His style the entire time was go backpack on Jorge Masvidal and try to submit him. He never did, um, but it was enough for him to get the decision in that fight. So... He's going into these fights with a mentality now where he's throwing a little bit more. And I, and there's a couple things, if I could do pop fighter psychologist on this, I think Maya's doing this from the standpoint of he wants to throw more because he doesn't want it to take seven more fights for him to get back in a title fight. You know, that was the crazy thing is Damian Maya all this time Racking up wins, racking up wins, racking up wins, but he was never really, he never felt close 
to a title shot until the streak just got ridiculous. You know, there's guys who don't have a streak that good and are getting title shots. So for him to get back in that picture, it feels like he is trying to be more offensive, and that's why he's getting into these exchanges. That's that's all I can deduce from it, why he's he's being more willing to throw with these guys. And also maybe he just feels more comfortable throwing with guys who he doesn't see it as a huge strength. Now, Usman is very well-rounded. I mean, this guy is he is getting the respect of everybody for a reason. He is very, very hard to fight. He is, he is very well-rounded. Um, he's the real deal. We have Michael Chandler on the show month back, and he was ta- he was unsolicited throwing up the heaps of Usman and how good this guy is at the gym and how good he is at getting him ready. So I, I am a believer in, in Kamar Usman as far as this guy is going to be a title contender. Is he now? I guess is the big question because he's there yesterday and he's calling out Tyron Woodley, wants a shot at the belt. He wants to be in that mix. So here's here's the thing. That performance yesterday by Usman was dominant. It was lopsided. Was it pleasing to watch? Not really. Got to be honest with you. I had to go back to the espresso machine to get through this one. Like, Kamaru Usman, it's more like Kamaru Snoozman yesterday. I was, I, was, I, was, I was getting heavy eyes watching that fight yesterday. It was not the most exciting thing to watch. It's not to say that it wasn't good. It's not to say that he's not fantastic. You do that to Damian Maya, you're a badass. But if we're in a stacked division like welterweight, where we're talking, Woodley, Wonderboy, Hafield Sanjos, Colby Covington has people's interest. Robbie Lawler's ranked ahead of you. And to, and next week we got Darren Till, who, I mean, really, really blew up probably more than anybody this year with his knockout of Donald Cerrone. I do think that stuff matters when we're talking about who gets a shot at the belt, who's going to make the best fight, because Tyron Woodley has now been in fights with Wonder Boy and with Damian Maya, and they haven't been, let's say, the most exciting fights in the world. So if you get in there with a guy of Kamaru Usman and he's taking on Woodley, I can see how that fight's going to have a recipe for maybe another boring standoff. Just I, 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 I get the feeling it could lead to that just because both of these guys are very well-rounded. They're both great wrestlers. Could be a lot of, uh, could be a big standoff amongst both guys. Hey, maybe it'll lead to them both having a slugfest because neither one of them can take him down. I don't know. But as far as the arms race of interest in watching, I don't know if I have Kamara Usman atop my list. And look, that could be my own ignorance. That could be the fact that I like watching strikers more or strike guys strike who strike first more. Um, because I'll tell you, watching this fight next week of Darren Till versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I'm geeked for that fight. That's because you got two guys who are going to probably come into this fight throwing haymakers, looking to cause damage or flying wheel kicks or something crazy like that. I will say this. If you're Usman, you have to be rooting next week for Wonderboy to get the win. Have to be. Because if Darren Till gets a win over Wonderboy... That's the win over the number one ranked guy in the division. If Wonderboy wins, you have a couple things going for you. One, I don't think there's any way in hell Dave, uh, Dana White is going to make Woodley versus Wonderboy three. 
Not unless he is he is forced by guys pointing guns at his face. He does not want to make that fight again. No way. So you got to be hoping that Wonderboy gets the win. Then we have this weird situation where we have the the uh, the interim championship being decided next month of Colby Covington versus Rafael dos Anjos. And for right now, that guy's getting the title shot, Colby or Rafael. And that's that's the golden ticket. So unless we're going to get to a situation where Woodley gets his dream matchup at middleweight where maybe he gets to fight George St. Pierre and he's dropping the belt or he just is so inactive that the UFC is going to strip him, I don't see how Usman's next fight is going to be a title shot. It feels to me like unless Colby or RDA wins this fight, but they get hurt in the meantime, um, I don't feel like that title's getting... I don't feel like anybody's losing that belt. Remember, this did, this did almost happen with um, in middleweight, where we had Whitaker win the belt, and then it was supposed to be another interim title when he became middleweight champion, but... Yoel didn't make weight because he had to fight Luke Rockhold so late, so he got to end up keeping the belt, and now they're fighting for the middleweight title again. They, he would need something screwy like that to really get in the mix. I really think that Usman is going to have his time. It's not far away. But what I really think should happen is if he, if he is, uh, if he's serious about getting to Woodley and getting to the belt, whoever ends up winning between RDA and Colby is going to be fighting Tyron next. Let's just use logic on it. In, interim champ fights the champ. You can we can argue whether or not it's warranted that those guys should be fighting for an interim title at this time, but they are. So let's just let's just take for what it is. What Usman needs to do is he needs to fight the winner of Wonder Boy versus Darren Till, especially if it's Darren Till. If he's if Darren Till comes out of this fight with a win over Wonder Boy, it's going to be hard to argue from Usman's standpoint, that Till, beating the number one guy ranked in the division, doesn't have more of a claim to you who beat the number five guy in the division. You know, take rankings for what they're worth. I know that they have their flaws, but it is what it is at that point. I think it's just I think it's just a tough argument to make. I mean, you can sit there to the cows come home and talk about, oh, nobody wants to fight me, nobody wants to step in there. Fine. Nobody wants to fight you, but... The fans can only go off of who you fought and where you stand right now. And that was a good performance yesterday. Not the most thrilling. Not I'm not coming out of the thing clamoring to see Usman fight again. But he's definitely in the mix. It's just he's not a top right now. He's not he's not he's not first in line. I don't really think he's second in line right now. I think he needs he needs an undeniable win. And I don't think Damian Maya can be the gatekeeper forever. And I know that's not fair because that's kind of what got Colby Covington to the table. But as the losses mount up for Damian Maya, the win becomes starts to look less and less impressive. If these guys who are fantastic wrestlers continue to be able to grind out wins against Damian Maya, well then, naturally, as fans, we're going to look and say, well, now everybody's doing it. Damian Maya can't be the gatekeeper forever. What needs to happen is Usman needs to either fight 
he needs to he needs to end up fighting the winner of next week's fight in Liverpool, and that would be right on track because they're fighting a week apart. So whenever Tyron comes back, assuming it's going to be against the winner at UFC 225, I would say on that same card, put this fight between let's say Usman versus the winner of Wonderboy Till, and that person will be the de facto number one contender and would be undeniable, I think, at that point. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. A lot of news and notes happening this week. One thing I want to do, a couple things I wanted to get to as far as the media coverage is concerned this week. Um, there was... We got some follow-up on Raquel Pennington. She was doing the rounds this week. Uh, went Was even on ESPN. And we'll get to ESPN in just a second. Um, but the big the big theme of her tour was that she is uh, she, she backs her coaches, that she would have regretted if her coaches didn't let her go out there for the fifth round against Amanda Nunes. And, you know, there's been a lot more support from fighters saying yes 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 your corner is out there and the, the you know you want them there to mentally coach you into going out there when you think you can't uh i think misha tate went out there and said you know her coach is allowed her to lose with honor um and look fighters are always gonna be able to pull rank on that as far as uh what they want from an honor standpoint uh that the media won't be able to understand but I do think that there is an element to this where this has become this became such an attack on her coaches who I who I believe she is close with. She's been training out of Colorado for a while, so I imagine she has a good relationship with her coaches. It's not something she wants to um she wants to go and and have the world attack them. I imagine even when like Ronda Rousey had all the stuff going on with her and Edmund Tarvanian where, you know, people are just roasting him and begging Ronda Rousey for your sake, please go get a different coach. Please, please get somebody who can actually teach you something who doesn't make you think you're, you're an all-time striker. Um, and I think Ronda would say, I want somebody who believes that I'm an all-time striker that believes in all my skill sets. You know, they need whatever tweaks them in the right manner. It's, it's a very fragile and, and, and important relationship. So I do think there's an element of Raquel where it's like, what is she supposed to do? She's supposed to tell everybody, yeah, you're right. This guy really went out there and he, he screwed me. He he sent me sent me to the slaughter. He really sent me out there for the buzzsaw against Manonunas. Like, what is what is Rocky supposed to stay in that point? She's she's gonna back her people, as as a good friend probably should. Um, it doesn't mean that what she was feeling in that moment that she's done wasn't the right feeling to have and probably shouldn't have been recognized by her coaches because she was done. She had no chance against Amanda. The other thing I I, I, I wanted to mention is it kind of sucks for Amanda who is getting into the point of, wow, she is becoming one of the all-time women's fighter and – you know, she's starting to approach Ronda Rousey. She's halfway to Ronda Rousey's defense mark. She's beaten Ronda Rousey. And, you know, there's been some talk about, well, does the UFC cover her enough? Do they give her enough coverage? 
And do they promote her enough? And, you know, you hear this a lot. A lot of fighters aren't happy. They don't think they're promoted enough or promoted in the right way. And you know, some of that's on the fighter. You got to be willing to go out and put yourself out there a little bit. The UFC is such a machine these days where it seems like, oh, well, they only focus on Conor and they only fo focus on Ronda. It's just like, you know, it's this is a fickle business of, of sports coverage. And, you know, there's only a, a certain few who are getting the mainstream coverage on ESPN or like Ronda are able to get on Ellen or are able to get on Ripa and uh, who's she with now? Seacrest? Those guys. So it's not so much the UFC is only focused on a few people. It's just, you know, it's it's a weird cycle of does the promotion dictate who won't gets the coverage or does the media dictate who they want to cover? Um, but I do think it sucks for Amanda, who has had these great performances now, it seems like in two out of her last three fights, you know, all this coverage has gone now to the person who has lost. In Ronda's, I get it a little bit more. She's Ronda Rousey. But in this Pennington performance, I mean, that was a that was a that was a cleanup performance by Amanda on Rocky. And all anybody's talking about is the fact that Bennington didn't want to go out there for the fifth round and then did. That that sucks. If I if I'm Amanda, I'm just like, man, really? I mean, I I'd almost rather people not talk about the fight than be talking about the person who I beat up more. Because nobody's really talking about the person who she went out there against. Wonder anybody talking about? It. Oh, we we know that she went out there. She was getting her ass kicked. But I haven't heard him mentioned who who was kicking her ass the entire time. So, you know, I get the story's got to be the story. People are interested in that because fighting is, you know, when the mainstream gets on fighting, you get all these opinions flying from all over the place with people who don't watch it except occasionally and, and put it and put a, uh, you know, an occasional eye onto it. Um, but for, for us, I just think that, man, Amanda's at this point right now where she is so good. She's basically cleaned out a division. Uh, maybe the only thing left for her is fighting Chris Cyborg, and it's kind of like a mouse fart. Like, nobody's talking about it. So I guess in a roundabout way, I'm just saying props to Amanda. She's uh, she's kicking ass and, uh, and I think deserves uh, a little bit more credit from that performance last week than us talking about Raquel Pennington not wanting to go out for the fifth round and whether or not her coaches were right. Um, but it was a fascinating thing to watch this week. We might be get, we're going to get a lot more ESPN coverage because this was announced this week. This is kind of cool. Um, Ariel Helwani, who is, look, he's the biggest, he's the biggest news breaker. And I would probably say the biggest news maker in all of mixed martial arts. Like, say a good 30% of his headlines come out of his MMA hour show. He gets the who's who. He's been working at this a long time. He's got a huge platform. I mean, he uses uh, that MMA hour six hours sometimes of 13 guests, and he's asking them all the – he's setting up the week of storylines. You know, if it's, a, if it's a fighter has a fight coming up or if the fighter just fought, uh, if there is a controversy, have Raquel Pennington on. Like the guy is, uh, the guy is a dynamo, and the guy works his ass off. Uh, and it was announced this week that he is moving to ESPN, and he's going to be doing his Monday podcast. He'll also be doing a show with Chael Sonnen, which I think will be pretty cool. Um, 
But, I mean, the big thing that comes out of this, not just getting Ariel, getting his gig, that's cool, and it's awesome for him that he's going to be working at ESPN, the, the major platform that it is, but it's just it's awesome that ESPN is putting this much stock into the UFC because they just signed that ESPN Plus deal. Um, we know that they are doing the same thing with boxing. They announced that uh, Dan Rayfield, I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, he's got himself a weekly talk show on this ESPN Plus. Uh, it is just cool to see that brand be putting so much into combat sports. It does seem like it's becoming a a big, big priority for them, especially on that digital platform. So that'll be interesting to watch and see how that turns out and then and, and how fans will respond to that uh, in the coming weeks. But he is uh, he's moving on from the MMA hour. I guess his last show, for those who are fans of that show, is going to be June 11th on MMAfighting.com. But he will... Um, he will be continuing his podcast format on ESPN. So you guys can check that out there. A couple other news and notes that I want to get to um, before we get to uh, before we get to fight picks and the upcoming schedule. Uh, Tyron Woodley said yesterday that he is going to be starting to train Floyd Mayweather in MMA next week when he's back in the country. Floyd was at the Badu Jack fight. That's uh, his fighter. It's who he promotes. But Floyd told Fight Hype, this past week also that he's not coming back and he told him multiple times uh i don't know how much steam is left into this floyd mayweather's coming back to mma thing um it feels like it's died down a lot that uh maybe floyd maybe floyd is underestimating how much people would take it seriously wanted to see him fight mixed martial arts but if they're gonna do it i do hope that they give floyd uh, as much training as possible because i i didn't like when we heard these rules coming out that he was going to do it, and then it was going to be with all these cockamamie, uh, you could basically hit in the clench, and that's it. That's the only level of mixed martial arts you can bring, and it's going to be in a cage. If, if he's going to do it, do it. Um, but the other thing about it is, I don't know what the market is for Floyd Mayweather just fighting an MMA fight, because I've heard this kicked around that, well, he should fight CM Punk. CM Punk's going to be fighting next next month. He should fight him if CM Punk gets a win. I just think at that point, like, how many people are into that? Watching Floyd Mayweather fight a, a professional wrestler at that, you know, really. You know, I guess, you know, I know he's been he's been training and assuming that he would come off a win. But do people have a lot of interest in that? Because for the money that you're paying Floyd Mayweather, I don't really understand how you could do anything but Floyd versus Conor McGregor in mixed martial arts. Just for the money you need to to produce, to pay him. So... If he's not going to fight Connor in mixed martial arts, that kind of loses the luster for me. Um, I really don't want to see him fight CM Punk because that's kind of it's like watching celebrity celebrity boxing at that point. I don't know. I'm just I uh, I feel like it's I feel like it's died down a little. I don't know. I'm not I'm not calling Tyron a, a liar. I think he probably is thinking that he's going to fight Floyd, but Floyd just got off this world tour of of going to every uh, corner of the earth. I don't know how much he wants to fight. He's probably like, eh, really got to fight. And kind of enjoying life of that standpoint. But, you know, maybe he'll get to that stretch where he wants attention again. I don't know. Uh, before we get out of here, there's uh, let's get to the fights coming up next week, which are uh, you got UFC Liverpool, a bunch of fights from uh, across the pond. UFC Liverpool, Stephen Thompson versus Darren Till. Um, This fight, is very, very interesting. I'm glad that they are making this fight. 
And it's a big step up for Darren Till, who had a great, great burst onto the scene win against Donald Cerrone last October when he knocked him out in the first round. Looked big, huge for that for that weight class. And people have been buzzing. They've been waiting to see Darren Till ever since. Um, he's four, he's uh, he's five and zero in the UFC. Um, and it, it looks like he's got the potential to be one of those guys who could be a big, big star for them. He's 25 years old, knockout power, but he's taking on Wonder Boy, which is a funny nickname to take on a guy who's 10 years older than Darren Till. He's Wonder Boy. He's 35, fighting a 25-year-old. Either way, um, Wonder Boy is now getting in there. He's trying to build off his November win over Jorge Masvidal, and uh, we know that he had those two fights with Tyron. Uh, this is a tough fight to call. It's a very tough fight to call because, you know, one of Darren Till's big advantages when he took on Donald, I thought, was the size. I mean, it was very, very noticeable how much that guy bullied Donald Cerrone. And in this fight, going against a guy who's the same height, who's a, a bigger welterweight and has a little bit bigger of a reach than you. So this is a tough, tough matchup. And, you know, Darren Till, with all this popularity, with all this expectation that's come upon him, is going to probably want to highlight real knockout, do something to, to Stephen Thompson that, I mean, hasn't been done. Nobody stops Stephen Thompson. Hasn't been stopped in his career. Um, that would be a huge, huge feather in Darren Till's cap. And I think it would be pretty... Like we were talking about, it would be it would be tough to keep him out of any title talks if he were to get this win. It's in his backyard. It's in Liverpool, so he's got that going for him. If it goes to a decision, if this does go the distance, which Stephen Thompson can cause because people can be so cautious going up against him. It's a tough fight to pick, man. Very, very tough. I maybe am wishing this into existence because I kind of want to see the next chapter of this. I'm going to pick Darren Till to win this fight. Uh, it's not, and it's not without a lot of hesitation on my point, because I do think Steven Thompson makes things very difficult, especially on strikers to go and find themselves a way to win. But, um, I think Darren Till's kind of got this, uh, this, this level of, all right, I got, I got one of the big names. I got now the fight in my backyard. I want to, I don't want to put him in the breath of Conor McGregor, but if he does get this win, it'll start feeling like that, uh, that path again of of um you know taking those steps to stardom so we'll see i think uh but i think darren tell i'm gonna pick him to get that fight and then next week we also have bellator 200 mirko krokop is taking on roy nelson so mirko krokop is back uh i'm gonna go with roy nelson to get the win in that fight uh although it is overseas so i don't know what krokop's allowed to do as far as let's just call it preparation for this fight um, but I'm going to stick with Big Country to get that win. We have middleweight championship, uh, Javier Cavallo versus Gegard Musasi. Musasi's Bellator debut. Uh, yeah, I've just never been a huge Musasi fan. I shouldn't say fan. I'm just not a Musasi guy. Like I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not getting my television because Musasi's fighting. Um, so I'm going to pick Cavallo to retain his title. I'm very, very excited about Michael Venom Page versus David Rickles. Um, I think that makes for an exciting style for MVP to go out there and 
get an exciting finish. And David Rickles has been in Bellator for a while, one of their staple guys. So I think it's good seeing two of their staple guys go against each other. And um, I almost enjoy that sometimes more than the uh, the UFC imports that are coming in. You know, I, I do like seeing Bellator's guys get to get a chance to to shine. MVP is going to be in his home his homeland. So I'm going to go with MVP to get the win, and then Phil Davis versus Linton Vassil. Uh, I'll go with Phil Davis to get the win there as well. Uh, before we get out of here, just a note for you guys: if you're looking for any local action to check out, here's the uh, here's the calendar that's going down that uh, that I gathered via social media for you guys. If you're looking for some local mixed martial arts or boxing action. Uh, you got XFN 20, which is going to go down June 9th, the same night as UFC 225 at the War Memorial Stadium. I think they're doing something, too, as far as like a watch party afterwards for that. So if you want to catch some local action and UFC action, that's maybe a cool way to go check that out. Titan FC is coming back to Extreme Action Park on June 29th. Uh, I think their welterweight title is going to be on the line there. CBS 4 reported this week that July 6th, there is going to be another boxing card at the Seminole Hard Rock Event Center. So that'll be exciting. The first one that went down a couple months ago was very, very fun to go to. And then underground cage fighting in Palm Beach at the Palm Beach Convention Center is going down July 21st. So that's some of the action that's coming around here locally as far as the fight game is concerned. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Lots of fun. The Beast is coming your way for the next couple hours here on 790 The Ticket. Everybody have a fantastic Sunday and stay dry. Fighters Fury on AM 790 The Ticket. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Hope you're staying dry out there. All right, guys, before we get out of here, just want to uh, rattle off some stuff, do a little speed bag for you before we get out of here because sometimes not able to get to everything as far as the um, as far as the, uh, the the stories are concerned just because I, I like focusing on the, the fights that just happened. So let's get to some speed bag for you. Uh, one note from Kamara Usman versus... Damian Maya Usman said after the fight that he broke both of his hands, uh, that, that, uh, he broke one in the second and one in the third. So that is, uh, that is concerning if, uh, if that's the case and hopefully that's a, a speedy recovery for Kamara, who is definitely going to want to be healthy and not lose in the arms race of this welterweight division. It is exciting to see all these names at welterweight. Uh, it's a little bit confusing seeing where things stand with the uh with the welterweight title um and tyron's health and we're Ty you know tyron's just been on this thing where he wants to get a big fight and i get it man i, I get that tyron wants it's just i don't know how many people want to see a huge tyron woodley fight like if we're talking about the guys he's talking about like the diaz brothers or the george st pierre's of the world like i'll be into it i'm gonna watch if Tyron Woodley were to fight George St. Pierre, but I know that if I, I know that if it was a case where like let's say George St. Pierre was going to fight Connor, this is not even close. I th I feel like that's going to get obviously that's going to get more draw. If GSP were to fight one of the Diaz brothers, I think obviously that's going to get more draw. And so Woodley's in this spot where like yeah, it'd be cool to see Tyron Woodley against those guys. But I don't feel like anybody's been clamoring to see T. Wood fight through whether it's his fault or not. I just don't feel like you come out of his fights just jonesing to see his next bout. Um, I think it's been that way since he since he since he flatlined Robbie Lawler, and you know that's just that just is what it is. You know people like knockouts, and and he's clearly got that ability. But 
we just haven't seen it. It's been uh, it's been him, like he likes to say, against a uh, specialist. But one of those specialists, he got to fight twice. And the other one, he probably took the safest route possible. And good for him. Good for him keeping his belt. But I do think that if we're talking about the arms race of who you are definitely wanting to see, um, those guys are that. Now, look, Willie may come and argue and say, uh, well, GSP's never been the most exciting guy. And it's not like the Diaz brothers finish a lot of guys. And that's true. They don't. But they uh i would say the diaz brothers are rarely in a boring fight and with with gsp look gsp has the stardom behind it and i don't think are you really tuning in to see gsp for his fight style or are you just tuning in because you know he's one of the greats so that'll be an interesting thing and and i think for right now i think woodley is at a point where his division is so rich with contenders. I think the fact that if he were to just go and dominate these guys, he could easily have the claim of being the better welterweight champion of all time than GSP. And I think that should be Woodley's focus, almost a, a Mighty Mouse-esque focus, except he's actually got the contenders. He's got he's got the guys. And I think, you know, if you were to look at this, this landscape, I, you know, just because there's a lot of contenders doesn't mean Woodley can't beat him. Maybe Darren Till's a tough match for him, very, very big, and and that could be troublesome. Um, but I think he could beat Usman. I think that he could beat Colby. I think he could beat RDA. So, I and, and I think having those wins are just going to bolster his all-time legacy more so. But I get it. You know, I know, I know that everybody wants a super fight. Um, but there's so this will get to my next story point. So this week the poster comes out for Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic, and it's dubbed the Super Fight. And I can't wait for this fight, man. I wanted to go out for Vegas for this fight. I've been begging on my hands and knees for people here to find a way, find us a sponsor, some way to go out there for fight week. Hasn't happened, hasn't come to fruition, so we'll just, you know, enjoy doing it here. Um, but it's dubbed the super fight. And I don't even know how much that's a super fight. It's an amazing fight. I mean, the light heavyweight champ against the heavyweight champ clashing together. You know, DC has said the winner of this has the claim of being the greatest of all time. I, 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 I'm not there, but hell, one of it's okay to be one of, if not the, and I think the thing that makes it so intriguing is I actually think that DC has a really good shot at winning this fight, and it's cool to see that Stipe has really taken on, he's almost done what, you know, the reason I think Stipe is going to be regarded as the best heavyweight of all time, he's taken on all comers, doesn't really care, he doesn't sit out here and clamor for these super fights, he just fights, you know, the only thing that he's ever clamored for or pandered for was an Anthony Joshua fight, um, but he is going to be regarded as probably the best heavyweight champion of all time. And I think T-Wood could take a, pa a page out of Stipe's book in that regard. Um, you know, and uh, and if he gets this win, I mean, he's really taking on all comers. Plus, he's going to add an, an undefeated heavyweight in Daniel Cormier's case. Because he's never lost at heavyweight, DC. So, 
I think that is an interesting one to check out. Other news and notes that happened this week before we get out of here. Speaking of Mighty Mouse, I, I am in. I, you know what? I swear to God, I am unintentionally segueing perfectly into these things. Mighty Mouse and Henry Cejudo getting into it a little bit as Cejudo had a weird claim where he said that I guess Mighty Mouse is what he's saying. He's claiming he's playing hardball. Overplayed his hand is what he said. I've been told DJ overplayed his hand. They asked him to fight in August and he said no. And now he's trying to get on again because he knows he can't sell his own pay-per-view and wants to make money off of others. Fact. Hashtag make your own money. And one more thing. That's being discussed. If Benavidez gets a win, there'll be an interim title fight. There you go, Ariel Helwani. I don't understand how you could even contemplate having an interim flyweight title with two dudes that have lost a combined three times to Demetrius Johnson. I don't understand it. I don't get it. If that is true, this grudge that Dana White has over the flyweight division and and specifically Mighty Mouse Johnson has got to be the pettiest grudge there is. Because, look, is it frustrating that Mighty Mouse hasn't fought TJ Dillashaw to some people? I guess. I don't... I Talk about super fights. I don't get that one. That one to me has flown over my head since day one. Mighty Mouse against TJ Dillashaw, who gives a rip? And especially, especially TJ going down to flyweight. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Why do I care if TJ Dillashaw can cut weight and beat a smaller man? Can any, uh, On its face, what does that mean to me? Because... To me, the appeal of Daniel Cormier going to fight Stipe is it's the light heavyweight champion going up to fight the heavyweight champion. That's the story. It's awesome in itself. It doesn't really need explanation. The reason Conor McGregor winning his two belts was a big deal, it was the featherweight champion going up in weight to fight the lightweight champion going up is cool going down is not it's why george st pierre versus connor at lightweight is a miss for me because i don't want to see george st pierre struggle to get down to 155 have to beat the scales and connor mcgregor so why am i going to sit here clamoring all week for tj dillashaw to see if he can make flyweight to fight Mighty Mouse. These are two of the most unmarketable champions in UFC history. Neither one of them draw flies. And yet, I'm supposed to be more inclined to watch them fight. I'll watch them fight. Look, I'll watch anybody fight. But, as a, I'm saying, as the casual fan, I'm supposed... Alright, so this guy who I've never heard of, he, it's awesome because he's going to get smaller to fight a small guy, it's just a it's been a miss since day one for me. So I don't understand this grudge that Dane is holding over TJ. Maybe him and TJ are great friends. I don't know about it, but it's been a miss from day one for me. And also, I think it's screwed that they're having an interim. Look, I like Colby Covington. I especially got to like him getting him to to stop by the show, um, and local. So I'm rooting for him. 
But I don't really get why Tyron has an interim, why there's an interim title at welterweight. I don't, but let's make the argument. Okay, at least they're two guys who's never fought and have never been in the title picture at welterweight before. But to me, to make an interim title fight with a guy who's lost to Mighty Mouse twice in Benavidez and once like a drum in Henry Cejudo makes sense of it for me because I don't get it. I, I don't know what Cejudo is. he just trying to ruffle Mighty Mouse's feathers so he'll get the Mighty Mouse fight? I get All right. But if they make that fight, Look, this thing's lost its luster as far as it's gone anyway with the interim titles. So I don't, it's almost to the point where I don't even think fans care. Because we've been beating, like, all right, interim titles, that's a thing now. It's just, it's, it's, it's the norm and that's what they do just whenever they want. It's, a, it's, it's gotten to a boxing like WBA level. But it's so stupid. An interim title between two guys who have lost to a champ who's fine three times. What? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And CM Punk, he is coming up, and he is going to fight at UFC 225. He is going to be on the pay-per-view. He's going to be the curtain jerker on pay-per-view. Uh, he said that if he had his way, because a lot of people were upset that Holly Holm was going to be the uh, was going to be the main feature on the prelims, and that CM Punk is on the pay-per-view. Um, which a couple things. One. Holly Holm's good ratings draws. I think that's I think that's just smart to have Holly Holm as a lead into the pay per view. I think it's I think it's a smart idea. Um, she's actually gotten moved. I saw that last night. She got moved to the pay per view card, but when this story came out, um, she wasn't. So I didn't get the uproar there. But guys, I mean, it, for any MMA fans out there who are listening to the show, what do you think CM Punk's there for? <laughs> like. You think he's just there to get his toe? He's there to sell pay-per-views. I mean, they wouldn't sign him if he was just Joe Blowpunk. He's CM Punk. He's a huge wrestling star. If you're not going to have him on the pay-per-view, Dana White should be slapped in the face with a stupid stick. What are you, what are you, hey, stupid, what are you doing? Put CM Punk on the non-pay-per-view? Are you, are you dumb? What do you, what do you want to lose all your money? And I'm sure CM Punk would like to be the first fight. People already forget. Oh, yeah, it's 6.30 p.m. Isn't CM Punk fighting? We forgot. So that's the story. That's speed bag for this week. Uh, when we come back, or coming up next, Colby Covington. He joined my afternoon show this past week. He was awesome. And he is fighting Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim title. And you'll get his thoughts on that situation of fighting a guy for the interim title, even though Tyron Woodley... Uh, hasn't been out that long. He'll make his case for why that fight makes sense. And uh, I think you'll like to get to uh, know Colby Covington a little bit. So you'll check that out after this. We are at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Room, as we are each and every Friday. This is very exciting. The yeah. number one contender of the world. UFC 225 is coming up. There's going to be a championship fight between Colby Covington and Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim welterweight championship. And Colby is kind enough to join us here uh, at the table. Thanks for joining us, Colby. Really appreciate it. How is uh how is training going? Are you uh is is you feeling you feeling good just a couple weeks out? Oh dude, I feel better than ever, man. I'm I'm ready to go get my my belt. You know, this isn't the interim title. This is the undisputed title. There's a reason they made this title cuz Tyron Woodley's been ducking me. So, you know, I feel amazing. I'm ready to go get my crown. Were you surprised that he didn't want to 
get a fight with you because you know Tyron's been very active and now all of a sudden we haven't seen him in action very much. I wouldn't say he's been active. You know, he's had uh, he's he's his claim is oh I fought four times in one year. If you go look at his resume, he's fought four times in the last three and a half years, and, and that's not that's not fake news. So you can go look that up. But I'm not surprised. You know, we used to train together. He knows what I'm made of, so he knows he can't stop me. So. You know, he's over in Hollywood gossiping about the Kardashians. He doesn't want to come back and defend his crown. He knows what time it is. It's my time now. Kobe trains uh, locally here at, at uh, American Top Team in Coconut Creek. Um, as far as this year has been for you, this has been a bit of a, a rocket on your back. People are really talking about you more. There's been a lot more headlines with Kobe Covington around it. What's this been like for you, man? There's been a lot more attention. Have you been enjoying it? Has it been a different experience? What, what has this experience been like? Uh, you know, this is everything I, I imagined, you know. As soon as I got in the sport, you know, I, I knew what I was capable of. I was training with the best guys in the world at American Top Team right up the road in Coconut Creek. So, you know, I knew my skills, and, and I knew that I was going to have a target on my back in a short matter of time, and that's what I do, you know. That's what I have right now. Everybody's talking about me. Everybody wants to, whether it's negative or positive, all they're doing is talking about me. So, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory. Have you been okay with the negative stuff? Because you don't you – don't seem afraid of ruffling the feathers i explained to leroy like you don't understand like colby he was originally you were originally like it was rumored that you were going to fight in brazil and it seemed like everybody's reaction to that well that's a very poor idea because he just angered everybody out there uh what what, what was the talks that was there a chance you were going to fight there and they pulled back on it or was the plan always chicago and that was just rumors the masters wanted me dead and they said they were going to kill me before i made it to the octagon so you know i didn't care man I, I wanted to go put on a show for brazil i'm the king of brazil now so you know, I wanted to go bring the chaos back to Brazil. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you, uh, did, what was your reaction, though? Because, like, out of, this, out of this thing with Brazil, um, there, was a, there was, like, an incident at the hotel with the, with the UFC employees. Like, what, how did you interpret that? Because I know everybody was upset with your comments and saying Brazil is full of filthy animals. But it, as soon as they go back there, there's a bad incident around the hotel. Yeah, it kind of it kind of reiterates what I was talking about. You know, they are filthy animals. They acted and conduct themselves like filthy animals. You're not a filthy animal unless you think you're a filthy animal and you say you're a filthy animal. So, you know, it was everything that I said. And, and uh, you know, I heard that they didn't have the Internet and they didn't know I was on the card. So they were actually looking for me, but they weren't able to find me. So they were like, OK, we'll just get some <laughs> UFC officials instead. <laughs> this uh, You've been having fun with this, though, Kobe. Like you being in the in the spot like this, like I was explaining to Leroy, like, this guy, he's going out there. He's 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 getting people riled up with the spoilers. That that I think is a fantastic because <laughs> I don't care about Star Wars or Avengers, but I know Leroy. It's Leroy's favorites. It's a lot oh, of guys in our show. I already favorite. saw it. Like, I'm good. <laughs> but he's good. But you're like I'm good. I, like so. Are you going out and seeing Star Wars? Are you getting fed the spoilers? Like how is that? How is that idea coming to fruition? Because you know this is going to anger a lot of people. Yeah, I, I just go on the web. You know, all the spoilers, they come out early. You know, they come so out So you through... don't even watch the movie? No, nah, I don't even watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me get you straight. So you pissing off everybody about movies that you haven't even seen. Exactly. <laughs> like, not even a shot. It's like, ah, uh, opening day, 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> it's done been, been in the drafts. It's done been in drafts, ready to go. Uh, <laughs> you got that one, Robbie. Um, so, uh, Colby, Colby's uh, going to be fighting in June. He's taking on Rafael Dos Anjos. How do you see this matchup with Rafael? Uh, do, you, do you find this to be more challenging than Tyron or no different? You're focusing on yourself. 
Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a bigger challenge to Tyrone. He ha- he has a lot of cardio in the tank. He just went five rounds with Robbie Lawler, and he beat up Robbie Lawler for five rounds. So he showed he has that's cardio. No in the- that's no joke. You know, not a lot of people have done that to Robbie Lawler. So, you know, Tyrone Woodley doesn't have a lot of gas. I've trained with him, and he quits around round one or one two. He's real explosive. He has a lot of power, but after that first or second round, he slows down, and he's re- he's really predictable. You know, he has a right hand. So it's a little tougher matchup, but you know, it's an easy matchup because you know what he's good at is what I'm better at, and and what he's not good at is what I'm the best at so you know I'm going to take him into deep waters I'm going to drown him and I'm going to do it at the United Center the same place that Michael Jordan plays I'm cut from the same cloth as Michael Jordan so it's going to be a dunk competition at the United Center on pay-per-view <laughs> oh man um, as far as as far as training camp is concerned like is there anything you want to bring that's new to the table or you're finding just what you're good at like how do you how do you do you prepare any differently when it is a, a fight of this stakes yeah, I've been preparing a lot different. It's a five-round fight now, so I have to have my cardio in check. So I've been putting a lot of extra rooms in the bedroom now. So you know, that's you got to keep my that's cardio important. up. So you you don't you don't sign to the the uh, the old fighter myth of uh, of abstinence during fight camp. You are opposite on that side. No, I'm completely opposite, man. That's a lot of cardio, a lot of testosterone pumping when you're in the bedroom. So I got to make sure I keep that high. Kobe, I wanted to get your take on this because I know you've been a little bit chatty with John Jones on uh, on Twitter uh, from time to time. What do you make of, of him and Chuck Liddell? Chuck Liddell and John Jones is a, a new a, a new rivalry that's that's stirred up on social media, and uh, John's being quite disrespectful to the to the old legend. What do you uh, have you been, have you been seeing this, and what do you make of it? Uh, you know, I don't really make anything of it. Chuck Liddell's out of the game now. He's been retired. You know, he's he's not coming back to fight in the UFC. You know, before he left the UFC, he'd been knocked out a couple of times. So he is a legend. Much respect to Chuck Liddell. But, you know, John's just trying to keep his his name hot. You know, he's, he's in hot water right now. He's been cheating. He's been lying. He's been doing steroids. He's been partying. So he's just trying to use something to get his name back in the media and get people talking about him. And, and that's what this is doing. We were just having this discussion because we were talking about some of the baseball players that got in pop for, for steroids. From, from you as a fighter's perspective, how do you look at the whole thing because it's been an interesting time you've had USADA clean up the sport uh this was a time uh, you know where it was rampant with TRT and it was kind of the wild west of things uh as a fighter when when you have to craft your body as efficiently as possible um do you think some is okay none is okay where do you stand on that line with PEDs uh, I'm completely against it. I, I'm the cleanest fighter in the game. I've never taken anything. I mean, my supplements is water. That's all I do. So, you know, it's not fair to people like me. You know, he's gotten all that big money on the pay-per-view, all the big money. I've worked my ass off. I've done this the hard way. I built it up the promotional way. I've been an entertainer in and out of the octagon. So, you know, it's it's not fair. You know, he's gotten paid the big bucks, and I, and I feel like he did it the wrong way. He cheated. You know, he did steroids, and, and it's just it's not fair. And it, and it, but what can you do? You know, that's that's the game. How often do you go into a fight? And you look across the cage, and you're like, that guy's gassed up. I know that there's there's something that's not on the level with that guy. Has that happened to you before? That's happened a couple of times. Yeah, and I've, I've noticed it in that first round where they just feel like a rock. Like, I'll hit their stomach, I'll, I'll kind of feel their shoulders, and they just feel like like a rock boulder. And But, you know, I, I know that my cardio is better than those guys. So, you know, you just get them into a high-paced fight, and eventually they're going to break. We're talking to Colby Covington. He's going to be fighting for the what he's saying is the title, fighting for the welterweight title at UFC 225, June 9th in Chicago. Really, really exciting. That card's going to have CM Punk on it. He's uh, so that that is good for you in some ways because he is going to bring bring pay per view buys. But what do you make of a guy like CM Punk who is getting his second fight? He's going to be on the pay per view. You cool with that? Do you think he should get a place in the game? How do you uh, how do you see that situation? Uh, you know, they're just they're trying to bring in attention. They're trying to get buys. You know, so. 
CM Punk, you know, he's a fake as it is. You know, he stole all his moves from Kenta in pro wrestling. So, <laughs> you know, know a lot of people don't know that, but that's where he got all his professional wrestling moves. Look that up, WWE. He stole all his moves from Kenta. <laughs> so, CM Punk, he, he's a fake. He's a fraud. He, he's going to get exposed in Chicago. Uh, we hear that you come here a lot, the Semohara. Like, you do a lot of poker playing? Is that like your, how you blow off steam when you're not training and, can't, and, uh, and punching people in the face? Yeah, I like to come to Hard Rock. I love to play Texas Hold'em. I, I play a lot of tournaments, a lot of cash games. You know, it just kind of keeps my mind away from fighting. And, and you know, I live fighting every you single gotta day. you got to be patient, man, to play, play poker, man. You play? You see, a little bit. Yeah, I, he's I get, big time in it. I, no, here's, here's the problem with me and poker. I can't sit for an hour right. and not get a hand. Yeah. So I'll get up and leave. I because know. You, you can sit. <laughs> you can literally go and say, you know what? I'm going to play poker here. I got about four hours. I'm going to get into it. You know, I'm going no ma- it don't matter how much money I'm playing. I'm just going to play for four hours. Yeah. And after an hour, you haven't played a hand. It's true. And, and the patient guys can still do it. I can't. Yeah. Uh, you're obviously not af- uh, afraid to talk when it comes to your opponents. Like, do you talk trash at the table a lot? Or are you are you in your own head? How do you wor- how do you work that? Yeah, I'm very quiet at the table. If you ask any of these poker players, I never say, like, anything who I am. Guys will yell at me when I beat them in hands. They'll be like, oh, you up, bro, and I just, I just yeah. put my. That's why I wear my music. I have my headphones, sure. you know. I just listen to my music. And I'm just like, I act like I don't hear, you know. But guys will try and cuss me out and say things, and I just stay quiet, you know. I don't ever say anything. If I lose, I get up and I walk away like a real man. Well, man, we're, we're gonna be rooting for you. Yes. Obviously, you're training down here locally. Yes. You, uh, you come here regularly. We're here every single Friday. We're gonna be rooting you on, and Thanks. hopefully, uh, you'll have a, a big old strap of, of gold around your waist in three weeks' time. Maybe you come out here and uh, and show it off to us, flaunt it to the room here. Yeah. And uh, that'll be fun, man. So best of luck to you against uh, against uh, Dos Anjos, and we'll be watching for sure. And, and go see a movie. Okay. Man, go see If you're going to spoil it for me, at least watch the movie. Okay. All right. All right. That's just the uh, podcast for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Love you guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.